It's Storm and Kieran bringing you the netballing moments that matter. This is Centre Pass in focus on SENZ. On past 8 pm here on SENZ, listening to Centre Pass in Focus, myself alongside Storm Purvis, the 28th of March, which means we are four rounds through Woo. the ANZ Premiership. And Chiefers, uh, with these uh, four game round stormers, just netball galore, isn't it? And we've had some thrillers uh, this weekend that we're going to dive deep into as well. We're going to go to the coach's corner a little bit later and catch up with Magic head coach MJ Araroa, Mary Jane Araroa. Obviously get Storm's performance and team of the week, always a nail-biter. And then I thought this week we're going to nail down, get on a bit of watch, get on a bit of tactics watch just to round it up later on as well. All that plus more coming up in the next hour on SENZ, but I think it's time. Let's just rip straight into it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. And so what did you make of the weekend? Oh, I loved round four of the ANZ Premiership. And if it wasn't for Monday night's game, I was like, oh, great. All the talk so far this season has been about the blowouts and how boring these massive score lines are for the league, blah, blah, blah. And then we saw three games in a row within that bonus point region. So, you know, uh, wins or losses by five goals or less. And um, that just made me really happy. I was like, damn the naysayers. It was always going to get good. We just needed time. And then obviously the tactics went and ruined that all for us by beating the magic by 17 goals I think it was on Monday night but prior to that game and even that game wasn't horrible to watch um, there were some great things to come from that game which we'll dive into a little bit uh, shortly but I yeah I really enjoyed this round I think um, few key perf- few key performers really stood up um, some names I want to pull out that might you know feature in my team of the week some debuts I'm sure in there oh. um, but no yeah it was good I enjoyed it it really was good and uh, you did say they're the magic Fortunately, taking the loss on Monday, but it was Saturday night when they saw their uh, all-glory going up against the Steel, and that was the one game that I was sort of on the fence about. I mean, the first three rounds that had been started to look like a three, three-horse three race, if you will, uh, but the the Magic and the Steel, I just... There's something about those two teams, and we saw the Magic in round three get the Mystics there, uh, the Mystics bogey team, the Magic, and so I <laughs> thought, here we go, we're in for a special one, and the Steel... Just seemed like they have nothing to lose at this point, really. So just going out there and playing their game. And they went head-to-head on Saturday night at ILT Stadium, Southland. And the Fortress. The Fortress. And didn't disappoint the first half, both uh, 12-14. Look, that um, playing, I feel like the Steel are the only team that can hand on their hearts say that playing at home really makes a difference. I know we all like to think playing at home makes a difference and we talk about the eighth player being the crowd and whatever but for the steel like it's a real thing and I can say that because I played there for six seasons so I know Um, and I just feel like when they play there they're just that step 
better than usual. Um, and heading into this game, I was thinking, oh gosh, I thought it was going to be a close one, but then the Magic beat the Mystics last week, so maybe it's going to be another blowout. Um, but uh, yeah, I was wrong. You know, the Steel are finally on the board. They get the one point for the bonus point, just losing by five goals there. Um, but some players really stepped up for me, like Kate Burley. She just never stops. And I know she she goes for a lot, so she lets a lot of ball in which is sometimes why you see the scores for the steal heavily against them. But at the same time, she's going to get you ball. And I just loved her attitude. And I just feel like playing at home really brings the best out in her. And she's a confidence player. So the crowd goes wild for her when she gets a specky intercept or something, and then she'll just back it up. So I was really impressed with her game. And I feel like that just lifted their defensive end. Um, and of course, you know, one of your favorite players, Xavier Tui three quarters this round so good to see like she just makes such a difference for that attacking end and um, I'm hoping that next week we can see her have a full game out there because you know she was definitely the missing piece and obviously George Fisher is the big missing piece Um, but then those first opening rounds when we just thought it was game over for the steal before their season had really begun um, Savia Tuia Savia Tuia Tui (laughs) comes back from her knee injury and she's just killing it so I know they still lost and I'm harping on about them but I just feel like every week, particularly in the you know the last couple of rounds, we're just seeing them take that step closer to actually looking like they can contest with these five other teams. And it's only going to be a matter of time before they get their first win. So really impressed with what I saw from the steal there. And um, I think I said this a few weeks ago that I really wanted to see Ivari Christie um, be developed in that wing attack position and allow Sam Winders to play wing defence and, and that was the way that Rianga Bloxham, the coach of the Steel, played um, her side for most of that game and I think it's growing and it's working and you could just see the smile back on Sammy Winder's face running around at wing defence, you know, that's her um, that's her home, that's the bib she likes to wear and, and she did a great job. Uh, but in saying that, you know, the magic, <laughs> obviously winning, Bailey Mears and her combo with Amelia and Ekinasio, that one gets better and better every week and it's a nice attacking circle to watch because we don't get to see the moving uh, shooting circles so often anymore because of the dominance of your Grace Wickies of the world. So really, really fun to watch the magic. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to MJ Adedoa shortly because there's still some things that just aren't quite clicking for them. And I think we've seen what they can do. They beat the Mystics, who are you know front runners for the competition, but they just go wayward every now and then. So we'd love to hear from her where she thinks they're tracking and, and how they can do better just to keep that consistency up throughout a game. Mm, and it wasn't, uh, by all means, it was a great uh, weekend for both shooting circles on that Saturday night with the Magic. Bailey Mears shooting 100% majority of the game uh, ended up with 94% and Amelia Ann Ekinasio, her partner, 92%. So really interesting to diving into that with MJ Araroa a bit later on and having a talk about that uh, second Magic game on Monday. But we move on to uh, Sunday and we're going down to Main Power Stadium in Rangiora. You and I were both at the Mystics game, but I'm sure, uh, just like myself, you managed to catch the <laughs> the ending live to this game because my word was it a thriller. The tactics, getting up over the pulse, 50-49, a one-goal thriller where we saw Alia Dunn sink the shot and 
in the last 10 seconds and Christiana Manawa unfortunately fumble it for the pulse. But Storm, what did you take away from that game? Tough fight from the pulse. Well, you say that you're hoping that I got to watch the final few minutes live, but I didn't because we were deep into rehearsals. Oh, when I mean that, I thought you meant watching my reaction oh, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, the, yeah. from the yeah, Out the of bench. the corner of my yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just worried about hosting some live television. That's exactly what I was doing. Um, but no, I kind of had been watching most of the game in the makeup chair, reading my scripts, getting ready to go. My brain was all over the show trying to multitask. And then tactics were up by quite a bit by the time that I had put my phone away. And then, you know, we have to give a live update when we go on air. And I was like, okay, to my producer and my um, earpiece, tell me what was the score, what was the score, I've got to say it. They're like, it was 50-49. I was like, what? What happened? <laughs> um, so I feel like the tactics, it's like a um, double-edged coin there. They'll be happy that they they won and they grounded, uh, grinded it out and got the win. But I don't know how they let that lead kind of slip away. A few kind of, I did go back and watch it, um, sloppy errors, a few personal errors that uh, Jane Watson in particular will not be happy with no, with the rest of her troops. You know, she had an MVP performance, and I know I'm a broken record, and tell me if this is getting boring for you listeners because I go on about it every week, but... How good is the Jane Watson Karen Berger circle in defense? Hey, truth hurts. Oh, doesn't it? I truth just hurts. I love watching them. They're just amazing. I'll, and I'll do one, do you one better. Yeah. The most informed defensive circle in the league <laughs> I, today. Like, in the world. In the world, even. Honestly, yes, I'll, we'll I'll say it. Ben shaking world. his head because he's a massive Kelly Jury fan. Oh, well, look, I'll get to Kelly Jury later, but she didn't <laughs> do enough in this game to get them the win, Ben. So um, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I just, it's it's scary but exciting that they're just getting better and better every week for the tactics. And not only that, their attacking end is getting better. Um, not so much in that game, definitely in the Monday night game, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, and this is going to sound contradictory, but I thought Amelia Wormsley stepped up too for the Pulse. I was just going to say, I'll, yeah. I'll return the favour to the Pulse uh, going up against that, that yes. most informed uh, defensive circle in the world. Amelia Wormsley, I mean, now we're going to start sounding like broken records <laughs> every week just talking about this uh, this absolute sensation. But like, I, I remember watching Grace Wiki come up in the league and we are thinking she's holding her own against uh, Ed and the McKay and Kelly Jerry and the likes. But every single week, every single defence, Amelia Wormsley has held her ground. Yeah. What do you think that comes down to? Well, it's funny you say that because last week I was almost thinking, oh gosh, this is the, the week that she's been tested the most because she was up against Kalera Nawe Tautau from the Stars, who's a mm. very physical player. And I actually thought Amelia got a little bit rattled in that game and she actually ended up getting benched just briefly for Joyce and Vula uh, for the Pulse. But... I think she just obviously took everything she could from that game, learnt you know, what it feels like to be under that intense physical pressure, to be pushed when you're going for the ball. She fell over the back of the sideline a few times last week and just obviously grew for it and, and came out better from the experience. And I was just blown away by her because I was sitting there going, how amazing, look at Jane and Karen moving around, doing all this stuff. And then I was like, hold on, Millie Wormsley's shooting at 90-something percent and you know the pulse is still letting the ball go into her. So... Yeah, I do sound like I'm contradicting myself because they're two opposing players. Um, but yeah, really, really impressive step up for her this week um, after you know the lessons she learned last week. Uh, I put it down to a lot of Yvette McCall's injury. You know, we talk about her, the coach of the Pulse. I think she just does wonderful things in instilling belief in her players. And also Tiana Maturo, who didn't have a great game, to be fair. But I think she's another one who's just very clever at bringing her goal shoots into the game. So, yeah, very impressed with 
Amelia there, but the Pulse as a whole probably will, will be disappointed they couldn't get the win. Yes. Uh, now, I know that we said we are no longer biased on the show, but <laughs> we can't go past it. We do have two teams deep down at heart, all right? And uh, very not big that deep. To, no, not that deep. <laughs> not that deep. But uh, the first Northern Challenge took place in this round four. We are talking stars. Thanks to Vertical Logistics, your freight and logistics specialist. Northern Challenge never fails, does it, Storm? I mean, uh, it was at uh, the Mystics' home ground, the Trust Arena. Very uh, shaky start from the Mystics' turnover first possession, which Maya Wilson converted. I was thinking, here we go, we're in for another stunner, and it didn't disappoint, did it? Well, it was 5-1 at the beginning of the game, so I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're on here. The Stars are just going to romp this home, and that just wasn't the case. I think after we were up 5-1, we shouldn't do that. After the Stars were up (laughs) 5-1, the Mystics then went on a run of seven goals, I think. So it was kind of a game like that where... The Mystics would go, on, would go on these big scoring runs and then the Stars would just kind of chip away, maybe get three, two or three of their own in a row without really ever looking like they were going to overtake the Mystics. But they just did enough to keep them at arm's length. And I think that must have really frustrated the Mystics because they were probably thinking, we want to put our foots down here and, and prove that you know we're the better Northern team. And they did do that in the end, getting the three-goal win. But you know you were there on the sideline with me. You could see there was a lot of heat in that game, a lot of emotion. I think Michaela Sokolich-Beatson did really well to get into the head of Gina Crampton. She was fired up. Um, and that's what we love to see in a, in a rivalry like that. It is a strong rivalry, you know. You, know, you want to claim your your territory, I guess, uh, both representing the same region. But no, the game was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think Monica Faulkner, who picked up the MVP, we were sort of blown away in commentary by her contribution to the attacking yes. end. Normally it's Grace Nwicky who puts up majority of the goals and everyone else is just there to kind of support her. Mm. But I think even by halftime, Monica had put up nearly as many goals, if not more, than Grace, which you just never see in a Mystics attacking line. And she was shooting at 100% right until that last quarter, finished on 88%, I think. So really, really great to see her step up. She came off briefly for Phil DeVuy, but not as much as we've seen from the Mystics in the past. So kind of proving to Tia Winakiri, the coach of the Mystics, that, you know, I can stay out here, leave Mm. me out here, I'm doing the job. So, yeah, look, it was, um, you know, Mystics, We'll be happy they got the win. I really do think they could have won by more. And it was sort of the second week in a row where they just are not finishing games well. So if I was to nitpick at anything, something for them to work on, just really putting their foot down and, and closing games off, you know, consistently. To me, it seems like a little bit of a mental switch between the both teams. I mean, you mentioned the Mystics struggling to to finish these games, but it was quite strange for me. Being sidelined watching that game, up close and personal, watching the Mystics in that last minute. Once the Stars said, no, nah, we're, we're not out of this yet. We're going to keep pushing, keep pushing. The Mystics pushed right back and said, no, nah, you know what, we're in this. And Pieter Toyava turned on the burners. And that's <laughs> sort of what's got me thinking, is it sort of, uh, it's too early in the season. We don't want to peak yet. Or, or I just sort of uh, struggled to catch my mind what it was. But it was, for me, uh, a battle of the goal attacks. Jamie Hume. Uh, Monica Faulkner, the match MVP, Amorangi Malasala all put on a show and that was something that I found quite intriguing for both of those teams, obviously having goal uh, goal shoot stars, mm-hmm. uh, Maya and Grace, and I just thought it was a great uh, showing of that stars combination coming together. The stars do still 
sit ahead uh, of the Mystics on the table. Just. Just. Uh, and just. The, the Mystics do have a game in hand. <laughs> yeah. But it was truly exciting uh, to see how the stars, like we talked to Mila Rulu Buchanan a few weeks ago, how that core is starting to shape. And they had momentum. They were never out of it. And it was uh, really exciting. So looking forward to seeing how our stars go. We were talking Northern Stars thanks to Vertical Logistics, proud partners of the Northern Stars and leading the way in personalising your freight services. We're going to take a break now. I know we've got one more game to go through, but I'm putting on uh, my binoculars and I'm going on a little bit of tactics watch later. So stay tuned for that. After this break, we're going to be catching up uh, with Mary Jane Araroa down at the Coaching Corner. Inside the locker room, it's time to head to the Coaching Corner. Yes, you heard it right. 20 minutes past eight here on SENZ, listening into Centre Pass in focus. And yes, we are heading down to the coach's corner, and it is an exciting one this week going down to Waibot Magic and catching up with head coach Mary Jane Araroa. Mary Jane, kia ora. Kia ora, Karen. Kia ora, Storm. Kia ora, MJ. Hope all is well. MJ, we'll just start off uh, two games this weekend, two big games as well, a lot of travel going down. What did you make of the weekend? Oh, yeah, look, um, I guess uh, first game against Stir, we were really pleased with how we played there and felt that we had a lot of control with how we wanted to play the game and, you know, we did some really exciting stuff in terms of the brand and nipple we wanted to play. But, yeah, just a little bit disappointed we weren't able to back it up against Tactics as well and we only saw some of that sort of play uh, in patches. If we go back to just removing last night's game from our brains for a second, felt like you were obviously yeah. carrying a bit of momentum into that first game against the Steel. Were you happier with the squad as the whole leading into that game? And do you feel like that made a difference for the team sort of before they hit the court? Oh, yes, definitely. You know, we um, we know that going down to Steel, you know, they've got extra players in terms of the crowd that they normally have and they didn't disappoint for sure. So... You know, it's always going to be a tough one. We didn't take them for granted, that's for sure. And we knew that they weren't um, happy with their performances either coming into the first few rounds. And so we were really um, expecting them to come out as they did. And man, was it a great game. Was a good game. We were talking just on air uh, previously about Kate Burley and her, you know, never say die attitude, and she just kept going, going, going. But the truth of it is really that you know Bailey Mears and Amelia Anikinasio just had her in a spin. How exciting is it for you to see this attacking end really clicking? Because it's not the type of sort of shooting circle that we're used to seeing in New Zealand these days, anyway. Yeah, look, I'll tell you what, it is very exciting, and especially when you see um, two very um, quality, high quality shooters able to demonstrate what can um, actually be just demonstrated in the circle and against some quality defenders as well. So, yeah, we were really pleased and absolutely even the accuracy and the volume that they received and, man, I, you know, that's, that's an area of the court that I'm really looking forward to actually really stabilising and getting some more consistency from the feeders on the outside so that they can continue just showing what they're really capable of. Do you think that's kind of what it's been down that attacking end that's taken a, a while to, to really click and we're starting to see some consistency from your attackers, but is it about just your feeders having the confidence to let the ball go into the shooting circle and just that understanding? And, and how is that growing, I guess, um, at trainings and the things that we don't see uh, when we're watching you guys play? 
Yeah, it's definitely something we, um, you know, we reflect on as uh, when we hesitate with the ball and that's, uh, that's actually not our strength and that's something that we built on in pre-season as well. And it was around, you know, good old old school storm, ball speed takes it all and as a defender yourself, past defender, you would know that when attackers are using ball speed, it just turns defenders inside out. So that's something that uh, we really want to put in as part of our game. And when we do it, it does look exciting. And um, and I know that we used it really well against Steel. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, if our feeders just have the faith to to just let it go when they sight it, you know, I think that the more we can just really demand more of that sort of quality feeding to our shooters, man, we, it, it, I think will be, become really unstoppable. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's something that we will continue to work on. That does come with confidence, and you know, when you're up against some quality defenders as well, you know, it does put a little bit of doubt in. But we have to make sure that we stay strong to what we and how we want to play. MG, uh, let's just have a look back uh, to last week where you took on the Mystics at home. You seem to be uh, the bogey team for the Mystics. You seem to always <laughs> pip them in the first round. That makes three seasons in a row. The Magic have beat the Mystics in round one. Uh, just that mentality in that game, what do you think it is that sort of ticks them on and we see a Magic side that goes out, takes down the Mystics, who's it looked like it was their competition to lose previously. You've gone in there, put down the hard work. What do you think that's down to? Is it that mentality of that shooter's end and the confidence of the feeders, or does it come from elsewhere? No, it is, it, look, it, is a, it was a mentality growth. Uh, obviously, you know, the previous week helped us really reflect and draw on, okay, what are we wanting to do here? You know, like, you know, do we just want to be participants of this uh, competition or do we want to be true competitors? And so, you know, we had to look at ourselves and we had to be really honest with ourselves. What are we here to do and what are we here to achieve? And so, you know, that helped us sort of, you know, knuckle down and say, right, these are the things that we really need to focus on. And really what it came down to was actually saying, you know, harnessing our emotions. I think at times we, our emotions override the task at hand. Uh, we uh, we all reflected on, we weren't in owning on our jobs. So we weren't doing our jobs first and foremost. And so when we went into Mystics, we knew we had to stay task focused. We had to make sure we owned our own role first before we start helping others out on court. And, you know, even even though we were down by 10, we never felt the game was out of our control. And so, you know, when you have a sense of that feeling, you know, that's really hard to break. And, you know, that's something that I want us to continue to, um, to grow is that type of mentality, regardless of what the score is, that we can still come back and actually take a win. And so that's something I want us to build on. Yeah, so... It is really about our attitude and how we approach the game and it's making sure that we keep and maintain that attitude and that mindset throughout until the final whistle. It was a brilliant game. It was a pleasure to be on the sideline for that one. Uh, before we move on to last night, I just want to, um, one last question about facing the steel. How weird was it seeing Sammy Winders in blue uh, on the other team? <laughs> it was weird for me, so I can't imagine how weird it was for you and, and the Magic uh, as a franchise. <laughs> I know. Uh, she's been such a stalwart for Magic and she's just given her whole for Magic for many, many years. And when she made the decision to go down, and it was definitely for personal reasons, to be closer with her husband, you know, the uh, the thing that she really wanted was 
our blessing and our aroha for her to go and it was a huge decision um, but you know I think Otaki uh, Storm when you go down there that sort of helped a little bit to see her in different colours although it was quite weird mm. um, and then but then to see her competitive side and she was in the wing defence area again and we thought oh here we go she's going <laughs> to give it to us so and she did not, uh, you know, she did not um, underperform at all in that area. So, you know, get on here. That's what it's about. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you wear your colours for the team that you represent. And she, I felt that she did it proudly for Steel. And off the court, we are still mates and we're still whanau. So <laughs> she will always be magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's a competitor, that one, isn't she? Uh, if we move on to last night, yeah. MJ, obviously your second game of the round kind of looked like the wheels sort of fell off a bit as the, as the game went on. And obviously I don't want to pull out, um, you know, conditioning or fitness or anything because I have no doubt that the team is, you know, fit and ready to go. But yeah. do you think the fact that they, they were playing a second game and, and sometimes it's harder having that day off in between, I find, before you play the next game instead of just going going back-to-back. Um, I'm sure none of the girls would want to put their hands up and say that they were feeling it. But in, in your opinion, what sort of led to that kind of, um, you know, fall away in form towards the second half of that game? Yeah, look, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. These back-to-backs, they can be a challenge. And um, we did have a break in between and we had, and, and this is an excuse, but we had a major disruption in our travel I think we would have got to Sydney faster going from Invercargill to Christchurch. So we ended up flying back to Auckland to get to Christchurch. Um, but I think really at the end of the day, we let ourselves down in the basic fundamentals of the school game and and uh, the, a few things just rolled rolled away. You know, we got painful stepping and then we dropped a ball and then we didn't treasure a turnover score and it got turned back over again and it just sort of escalated from there, which is a bit disappointing because we have managed to get ourselves back on track. So, you know, there's, um, again, it's about us going back and it's about getting that mentality of, um, you know, we've got to learn to really grind it out. We've got to learn to stay in the moment. We've got to learn to do our job in its entirety and stay task-focused so that when, when the opposition are doing things to us that we know what our job is in that moment. And I'm not taking it away from tactics. You know, they had some quality defenders in there. They've got some exciting young players as well. And, you know, having Jane back in that fold, you know, she leads from the front, you know, and she's they're demanding all the time, you know, and, um, you know, for, um, I guess, our young sh- uh, feeders trying to get our shooters in there as well, that can be quite uh, a daunting experience for them. So, um, you know, it is back to the drawing board for us. It is back to getting the basics done again and making sure that whilst we're under pressure that we can still execute. But, um, yeah, a good learning for our first double header for sure, Stormy. Uh, MJ, I'm looking, uh, I'm hoping that uh, it's a little bit of safer travel this weekend as you're going down to Porterua to take on the pulse. Uh, my question for you is Is there a sort of overarching message this week going into training? Great win uh, on Saturday night and then going into last night's unfortunate uh, loss. What is the overarching message in training this week ahead of pulse? Yeah, I think it's around uh, we, we go into a bit of pre brief and uh, debrief for us. And so, you know, we've played all these teams already in the first five rounds, so we're a lot clearer, but we also know that they have shifted. 
but I think the main message for us is to ensure that we can, um, for us, I want us to really build on our own momentum shift as well. And, you know, part of that messaging was to get our starts right because the first few games, our starts weren't that great. And, you know, the last three, I was really, really pleased with the start. Um, and so now we've just got to um, continue with that sort of start right through to the end whistle. So it is about maintaining and staying in the moment for us and making sure that, uh, you know, when there's a momentum shift, it is done as a collective out there and not just in units or as individuals. So that'll be the focus for us. It's really exciting to hear. I mean, it is only round four, so we still have lots of action to come, and oh, it's really yeah. exciting to see how this Magic team is growing. Especially... Don't give up on us yet, guys. We're, we're there. We're, com- we're coming. Totally. I know. Oh, we I know. know. Don't you worry you. about it, MJ. <laughs> we know. We know, and we know you're coming. Hey, thank you so much for taking time tonight to come and join us. We'll let you go rest up ahead of a big week of training before the Porirua trip. So Excellent. to Kwe. Thank you very much. Thanks, MJ. Mary Jane Araroa there from the Magic. She was in good spirits. She's looking forward to that trip to Porirua. Don't count us out. She's she's coming. Oh, trust us. We know. We know. We've seen it. We've seen it. Uh, Always exciting to catch up there with MJ Araroa down in the coach's corner. It has just gone fast. 8.30 8.30 here on SENZ. Jeez, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, yeah, but Storm, I'll tell you what, the fun is ju- only just starting for me. Is, uh, <laughs> after this break, we're going to go take a look down at Storm's performance and Team of the Week. We'll catch you after this. 36 minutes past eight here on SENZ, tuning in with Senna Pass, myself, Kieran Bingham, and the wonderful Storm Purvis. Now, Storm, you've just legged two jugs of water, as you know that it's time <laughs> uh, to name your Team of the Week. Uh, this is where Storm takes us through her seven of the week. So, Storm, flip a coin. Which uh, which end would you like to start at this week? I don't know. I feel like mixing it up a little bit. Yes. But I don't know. Where should I start? Stick with your gut. Okay. Let's switch it up. Okay. So we're going uh, with our goal keeps. Let's do it. Starting off at goal keep. Who are you liking this week? Round four. I reckon this may be a debut for this person. Okay. we got a fact checker. Um, and it's a weird one, but I did go with Kate Burley, Ben. Kate Burley, ever been in there? Uh, Kate Burley from the struggling Southern Steel side, just because I like whatever is in her brain, I want some. She just never gives up. She's still got five gains, eight deflections um, against Bailey Mears and Amelia and Ekinacio, who we were just talking up so much. And I just think, you know, she's a player that hasn't really been um, selected for high honours and will she ever, I'm not sure, but she's a player you want in your domestic team. Oh, key piece. All day, every day. Key piece of that steel defence. Oh, and man, huge. she can fly. She can fly. She? she can jump. She doesn't stop. She's and like I, a little python, you know? You're just yeah. sort of waiting for her. You can see when there's a long ball. Oh, God, yeah. hold your breath. It's 50-50. spectacular but. to watch. And, um, yeah, I just love what she brings to that steel defensive end. So she's my goalkeeper this week. Definitely not a crazy choice no. at all. Well-deserved. Uh, and we've just had confirmation in the year that yep. she did feature last season. Oh, so it's a okay. uh, it's okay. a season season, season debut, debut for Kate Burley. Yes, uh, going up. Goal defence is Karen Berger. Yes, okay. Look, do we really have to go into it? <laughs> Will it ever be anyone other than Karen Berger? We spent two minutes calling them the greatest uh, informed circle in the world. So, I mean, ha- ha- what do you want us to say, people? I, it's Karen exactly. Berger, for got, goodness sakes. Must see TV. i got nothing more to say, really. No. Well, well look. 
Like it's I could read out of stats, but again, yeah, it's, it's weak and broken weak record. Absolute gold. Leading the so, stats everywhere, apart from contacts and penalties. I don't know how she does it because she's flying all over the court. Well, let's do it. Let's save uh, one eye <laughs> Aucklanders, uh, i.e. me, the pain. And let's move on to wing defence. Technically an Aucklander, but now playing for the tactics. I've gone with Greer Sinclair. Fantastic. You know, she forced wing attack changes in both her games, um, both of the tactics games, and, you know, that's how you know you're doing your job, especially in the wing defence position because you don't often get the stats next to your name. You're there kind of working behind the scenes to make everyone else look good. So for you, a win is when your wing attack opponent gets changed. And, look, we talked to... um, Marianne Delaney Hoshik last week, and you heard her sing her praises, uh, who's the coach of the tactics, and just how stoked she'd been with her recruit and how well she'd slotted into that defensive end. And we go on about Karen and Jane, but no defensive circle um, can look good or, or play well if they don't have the support out in front of them. So shout out to Greer Sinclair. You would honestly think that Greer's had at least five years of, of totally premiership agree. experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's an unsung hero for the tactics at the moment. Uh, massive replacement for someone who celebrated the hundredth, Charlotte Ellie, and she's <laughs> doing it so seamless. So, let's move on in the mid court. And uh, who's pulling the strings at centre? I feel week? like every week centre's hard to pick for me. I think I say that every week, but I've gone with Mila Rolly Buchanan this week, uh, just because when I looked at her stats. And I'm not normally the stats person. They only tell half the story. But 46 feeds, like, that was more than Peter Toyava. Yes. You know, like, that's huge. And she's a centre. So she's got Gina Crampton also hogging the ball and feeding a hell of a lot too. So to just have that confidence to back herself to let the ball go and not needing to bring in her wing attack, I think's great. Two gains, awesome to see that defensive work. And also leads in the second phase receives. So that means the ball that's received after you let go of the centre pass. So she's doing a heck of work. She's throwing that first pass away and then, you know, backing up or being there for the second phase as well. So a little workhorse in there. I'm really liking her this year. Genuine workhorse all over the floor, mm. uh, including on the floor, on the multiple floor times committing yeah. uh, for that <laughs> ball. So a great addition to your seven uh, now. Wing attack. Yeah, I went with Kimi Poi. Look, when you do these, you think you're crazy. I just you're looking at me. Oh, come on, point. First of all, like, she's major team, and second of all, uh, an absolute stunner, double, double as well. Two great games. Yes, you know, forty-two feeds in the pulse game, thirty in the tactics game. Just those are really high numbers, and she's still learning wing attack. You know, she's played centre her whole life and is being forced into wing attack. Um, down at the tactics with the arrival of Laura Malcolm. And every week she's just getting better and better, and I think that's contributing to the tactics getting better and better every week, which we will talk about shortly. Um, So I've been really impressed with her just really stepping up in a position that is not her favourite. She, uh, I think she said in her post-match interview that she hated it at the start of the season, but now now starting to enjoy it and it's showing. Moving on to the shooting circle, and it's one that we have struggled with over the last four rounds, but I think this week it's... Actually, no, I don't know because you're looking at me like you're giving some weird picks even though they're not weird. But let's start it off in goal attack, which is a position that you've struggled to fill in the last couple of weeks. But goal attack, was it easier for you this week? Bless this lady for making it easy this week. Yeah, I've gone with Monica Faulkner and we've already talked yes. about her. But like I said at the top of the show, shot at 88%, was pretty much at 100% for most of that game against the Stars. Tough match, you know, she had to step up in that match and, and she did. 
And yeah, stayed on court for a lot longer than we've seen. You know, Coach Tia Winakiri didn't feel the need to bring Phil Devui into the match, and I just think that's a great sign. And yeah, yeah, Monica, well done, girl. Thank you for making my job easier. Yes, MVP in the <laughs> Mystic Stars and very well deserved in Storm's team. Rounding it all out now, before we move on to your captain, I need a goal shoot off you. Yeah, my goal shoot is also my captain. Um, just because also someone sponsored this segment because it puts me through so much stress you know the fact that I'm I'm picking this and and putting my reputation out there it needs to be more worth it for me what if you did like a Powerade let's get a a sponsor Powerade yeah sure you need need to rejuvenate your electrolytes after sweating bullets trying to pick this team yeah great one I like it Um, but I've gone with Grace Wiki 100% only 100% only 100% yeah you know that's not that exciting. No. Nah. 46 goals. Oh, no big deal. Nah, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Light like, work from Grace. She, and it's just week in and week out. Um, obviously, a wee blip last week, losing to the Magic, but that wasn't her fault. She was still great. And I just think she is um, getting better and better, more mature, tougher. And if you're shooting 100%, then technically I can't really fault her, can I? Definitely not at all. And it, that was Storm's performance of the week. Storm 7 with Grace Wiki uh, capping it out and getting her first captaincy of the year, I believe, Ben. Is that correct? Probably. I'm getting a, I'm getting a nod yeah. in there. So that wraps up Storm's team of the week for round four of the ANZ Premiership. So, Storm, you can uh, put the towels away now. We're all <laughs> safe, we're all sound, and we're tucked in to wrap up the show. Hey, look, it is 45 minutes past eight here on SCNZ, and I mentioned it earlier. After this, I'm going on Tactics Watch. Welcome back into SENZ Centre Pass. Myself, Kieran Bingham, alongside Storm Purvis. And we are here on Tactics Watch. Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. Now, Storm, we didn't touch on Monday's game. We talked about the tactics earlier uh, in their absolute thriller against the Pulse. But they did take on the Magic last night. And it was a convincing fourth quarter, uh, winning 17-10. But the first half didn't sort of reflect that. Where do you think it went? Well, I can't really say went wrong because they were leading, but sort of where do you think the the magic capitalised from the tactics? Other way around, eh? No, like because I'm saying the oh, tactics. The first half, yes, you mean. on the first half. Ah, in the I first see. Half, what kept the magic in it? Oh, that yep. the tactics got on top of in that second half and absolutely blitzed it and ran away with it by a 17 goal win. I think like what Mary Jane Adoroa was saying before, it was just like a couple of personal errors at the beginning of that second half. And I just think the fact that the Magic were playing their second game, and I know the tactics were too, but in that situation where you're tired, we heard about their horror travel situation, um, those little things can all kind of have these little impacts in your mentality. And when a couple of things go against you, it's really easy to just drop your head. And then that turns into this kind of snowball. And when you're up against a team like the Tactics, who were at home, who have Jane Watson out the back yelling at her troops to keep going, they're going to put the foot down. And I just think the Tactics did that and the Magic just let it get out of control a little bit. And they kind of just looked to kind of disabandon each other Um as a team and it was a real shame to see and, and you could hear it in MJ's voice that she was pretty disappointed in that but um, if you flip it the tactics it just felt like they were I don't know about you but watching the game I just always thought like I was just waiting for them to kind of pull away you know like they just looked slicker they were getting some great ball and defense I was finally thinking great this attacking end is clicking Laura Malcolm is actually letting the ball go she's not throwing back to the transverse line she's not hesitating Aaliyah Dunn shot 
43 goals. Yes. Finally, an unbelievable performance from her because last season we were used to seeing her shoot 90% week in and week out and this season she's had a couple in the 80% sort of range which is still great but not great for her. So to see her shoot 100% the day after playing a match um, against the Pulse in a tough match, no less, I thought that was really, really impressive. And so... They just, uh, to me, the magic just looked tired and, and scrappy. You know, personal errors that just, um, you know, got the better of them, and and that's really all it was. And I was trying to word this in a way to MJ in the interview before, but the Tactics are a team that are known for being ruthless, ruthless, mm. say ruthless. It's me. ruthlessly, 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 ruthlessly. Fit. Yes. <laughs> oh, this happens ruthless. to me every week, guys. Yeah, yeah, I need my yeah. eight pm coffee. <laughs> um, and they, they just, they're fit, man. They do really hard preseason training and they pride themselves on being disciplined and fit. And that just showed in last night's game. They pulled away both playing back-to-back double hitters. That, that shot, uh, shone for the tactics. So that's kind of what I put it down to, if I was to just put in a little nutshell for you. Um, I was annoyed that it was a 17-goal blowout. I really didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be another close game just to keep the league um punters happy because there's been a bit of chat about the blowouts that we've seen in the season so far but at the end of the day we were talking at the tactics pre-season they didn't quite deliver in those first couple of rounds and we were all thinking oh maybe it is just going to be the mystics and stars again but now I think we're starting to see that the reason we were talking them up so much is because they have recruited bloody well they do have a good seven and you know I think we even said it a couple of weeks ago on the show kids we were like just wait it's gonna. It's scary. They're oh, getting they're better. Blooming. Yeah, they're blooming. They're right. blooming. Just give it time, and I think we're finally starting to see that, which is uh, very cool. Speaking of blooming, ex Rose, uh, Laura Malcolm. We, <laughs> you and your segways. You up, eh? <laughs> Sorry, God. I get it. I have to get a little cut at the end of the season. <laughs> I've all my best segways. Um, but no, Laura, Laura Malcolm. I mean, we. Oh, not we, but mm. uh, she was caught up with after the after that Magic game, and and it was actually with Erin McIrie, and she was saying sort of how have you found New Zealand compared to England, and she said. You guys like to mark the zone as we like to mark the body. I think the Magic are probably the hardest team to do oh, that against yes. with their Notorious zone for it, right? and their ruthlessness. But you're right, it really was good to see uh, that tactics midcourt really start to fire. And I mean, you look at their uh, attacking end, their shooting end, Alia Dunn, uh, clinical, shot over 90% uh, almost every game last year. And Tapia Salby Rickett, which was her 50th game uh, for the tactics as well, a silver fern icon. Their shooting circle is fine. Their defensive circle, how many times do we have to say? It's the most in form in the, in the, best in the world. world. It's the yeah. best in the world. Uh, but it was their midcourt that I was sort of worried about. And like we talked about, Greer Sinclair at wing defence. I mean, if you're a wing defence and you're having to come in and learn defence off Jane Watson and Karen Berger, I mean, you're only set up for success, aren't you, really? And it's been awesome to see her uh, sort of be that anchor and, for me, almost that freeloader. And I'm sort of putting her down as my wing defence specialist now, is Greer Sinclair, pound for pound. One of the best wing defences in the, the competition moment, at sure. the moment. Yeah. Uh, pulling her weight. And it is really good to see Laura Malcolm starting to move a bit more freely. She's you're right, she's letting that go a lot more rather than having a look and then pivoting back in. Ali is putting her hand up and saying, just throw it, just throw it. You know, I'm I'm here, I'm standing up tall, so she's got it. And obviously, like you said before, there's uh, definitely no shortage of wing attack either in that tactic side. So really exciting stuff to see. And uh, like we say, they're blooming, aren't they, the tactics? And it's only going to get scarier from here. They do sit top 
of the ANZ Premiership as we speak. I thought I'd just run us through the ladder very quickly. The Tactics in first, Stars in second, uh, tied with the Mystics, with the Mystics with the game in hand, the Central Pulse, then the Magic and the Steel. But seriously, we were saying a couple of weeks ago it might be a three-horse race. Well, it's uh, anyone's up for grabs, but definitely watch out for the Tactics. And, of course, we are talking Tactics. Thanks to Trident Homes, proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics Check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. Storm, if I had to ask you right now, who's going to finish first, second, and third? Well, that's mean. Why would it's you do that to me at the end of round four? Because God. it's anyone's game at the moment, and I just want to see if you think <laughs> it's going to get absolutely jimbo, jamboed. Mm. Stars first, Mystics fourth, Magic second. Where are you thinking? Oh, Where is gosh. your head at? And soon, just remember, anyone can win any of these games, so you're not going to sound crazy for spitting out something. Okay. I, I still feel... My gut is telling me that the Mystics are going to win this season. Mm-hmm. If they can get through without injuries, um, especially in that attacking end, I'm still going Mystics. I'm going to really struggle with who's in the final with them. It's either the Stars or the Tactics. Maybe the Tactics. I just feel like the Tactics are going up. The Stars are, have hit their peak. Can they maintain that peak? I'm not sure. And, and in the fourth, it's either the Pulse or the Magic. I'm sorry, Steel. No, no, don't be sorry. And, Why have uh, we got to end the show like that? You can honestly? redo it last week. We'll catch you <laughs> up next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Mark Watson back in.